You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Soul. If you will, take your Bibles. We're looking at Hebrews chapter number 10. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 10, and I ask that you pray for me as I preach, that uh, God will help me to deliver what he's laid on my heart in the correct way, and uh, I know he lays a lot of things on my heart, but sometimes I just feel like, I feel afterwards, man, I did not do that lesson or that message justice, and I told my wife I had uh, practiced a Sunday school lesson on the treadmill one morning, and then when I actually taught it in front of a camera, I thought, man, that was a bomb. And I just said, I'm just going to record the audio while I'm on the treadmill and then just, you know, mouth it afterwards and maybe it would be better. But uh, praise the Lord for that. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 25. And I'm going to answer a question for you that many of you are asking. And that question is the word why. The word why. You know, we hear that word many times. um, And I don't think necessarily always it's a bad thing. I think sometimes it can become maybe annoying or maybe redundant or maybe you get tired of hearing it. And I told Brother Caleb, hey, I'm going to preach on the word why. And he said, hey, did you want Reagan to come up and preach the lesson for you? Because she asks me that all the time. But, uh, you know, I know that growing up there were many times that uh, I asked my parents why. And, uh, you know, there was a response that I got more times than not, as uh, many of you folks can know. And I know, you know, some of this stuff is generational. And when I grew up, if I asked my mom and dad why, maybe they even had a great answer and it could have imparted knowledge or whatever else, but I, I feel like, and this is my experience, and that I, more than often than not, I, the answer that I got when I asked why, and maybe I was asking it the wrong way, you know, that's probably more accurate, but I would hear the response of, because I said so, right? And uh, I always remember, you know, words of wisdom or words of knowledge, and I was like, you know what, when I become a parent one day, I'm never going to tell my kids that. Like, when they ask me why, uh, that's the decision I made. I said, hey, you know what? When they ask me why, I'm going to tell them why. I'm going to impart knowledge to them. And I remember getting so frustrated when my parents would tell me, because I said so. And it's like, well, just tell me why. Give me the reasoning. And then you have, uh, then you have children. And then they ask you why, and they ask you why, and you ask you why. And finally, you're just like, because I said so. But you say it with uh, the love and kindness and you know, giving honor to your children and loving them and so on and so forth. But the question here tonight is the word why. You know, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he looked up to heaven and he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You know, there are many things in life that we're not going to find the answer to why. And many times in life, things happen and we blame God for them and say, well, you know, This is God's fault, and because we don't understand why it happened. And I've heard this question many times out visiting with folks, and they'll say, well, if there was a God, he wouldn't have, and they fill in the blanks of some tragedy that's happened in their life. And I would dare say that, yes, God is in control, and I firmly believe that, but you know what? A lot of things that happen in life, a lot of the answers to why are because of us, are because of our sin nature, because of our faults and our failures. And yes, God can still work it out any situation for good. He can, no matter what situation we're in. But a lot of times that why is pointing back to us to say, well, it's because 
you have a lot of faults and failures. And in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. But the question why that we're going to ask is, why get back together? Why get back together? Why assemble back together? You know, we have the opportunity during these unique times to sit at home on the lazy boy. And maybe you have one of those fancy ones. It's got a little heater on the side of it. And it's got a little massager on the side of it. And you can still be in your jammies and, you know, your onesie. And you're sitting there and uh, got your feet propped up and you've got your popcorn. And, you know, you, your, your wife will get you whatever you want to get during uh, what's going on. And you've got the massage thing working. And you're watching Brother Nathan and the little words are coming across the screen. And you're watching it on the TV and comfortable and was like, this is how it was meant to be. But let me just break the bubble there. This is not how it was meant to be. So you say, what's the effort? Why go through this effort of assembling again? Why can't we just sit at home? You know, one of the things that, it, it, it infuriated me, Brother Charles. I mean, and uh, he's the one who got me upset. You know, he called and just said, hey. He says, have you seen some of the comments from the church's uh, legal lawsuit against the governor, and this was when it was first coming to, to fruition, and I said no, and he forced me to look at him, and you know, the next, thing, the next thing is my blood pressure goes up, and I'm losing more hair on the back of my head, and whatever else, but you know what? We, we finally came to the conclusion. I said, well, would you expect anything less from folks who have never been to church, or maybe folks who have assembled together, and we're going to talk about that word church, so Forgive me if you think I'm using it out of context there. I know what a church is, and I'm going to explain to you what it is. But the church is the people. I understand that. But uh, we're going to use it in a little bit different context of why get back to church. And what we're calling church is here, in the building. And, and it doesn't have to be in a building. It doesn't have to be necessarily under a tent. But what it entails is getting together as a group of people. What's the big deal? The comment said, I thought God could meet you anywhere. And all of a sudden, you guys want to get back to a building and spread this virus to all your congregants and have no safety measures and just spread it all and you want to throw in, you know, everything away? No, that's not why. But I'm going to hopefully answer biblically from the Word of God what I believe is the answer to that question of the word why. Why? What's the big deal about getting back together? What's the big deal about assembling? What's the big deal about gathering together? And I'd like to start off with uh, some knowledge here. And this is, it looks brand new, probably because it may have been the first couple of times that I've used this, amen? And I don't know how long that I've had it before, but this is a Thayer's Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament. And you say, well, what is a lexicon? I have no idea, but uh, I'm just glad that in college I took Greek because all these words, that when you look them up, it's like a dictionary, but they're Greek words. And so you have to use the Greek alphabet to look them up. And I was going through alpha, beta, epsilon, cal, you know, I'm going through all the letters of the Greek alphabet, you know, and uh, I finally found it, the word church. And it's the word ekklesia. And it took me a little while, but I found it. And here's the definition from this Greek lexicon. I didn't write this, so you can't get upset at me. It says, a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place. And automatically now I fully understand that if somebody starts a church and it's inside of their home, and, and this is saying, well, outside of the home, but you know what I believe this is saying outside of their comfort zone. Outside of the zone that they're familiar with and gathering together. That's what a church is. 
And so I'm not, and, and again, this message is not for those who are in the rest homes that can't get out. This message is not intended for those who have uh, immunocompromised systems and you, you know, you're a little bit unsure right now of catching something. You know what? It's, it's best probably for you to stay home during this time. And we're going to try as a church with everybody's help to stay safe. And if we're not feeling well, to stay at home and to social distance and to not handshake and not hug and things that we would normally be doing. And we're sanitizing the buildings and, and trying to do everything in our power to make sure that people stay safe. But at the same time, this message is not directed towards them. This message is directed to the folks who have maybe come to a new normal. And that new normal is called the Lazy Boy Church. And we're going to talk about the importance of why get back together. Hebrews 10 and verse number 19. The Bible says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness uh, by the blood of the Jews, verse 20, by a new and living way, which he hath con consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. I hope to answer that question why biblically with just a few points that I have tonight, but let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to gather together. We thank you so much for you sending your son who died on the cross, Lord, who established the church, who gave his life for the church. And I would just pray that you'd help me to be emptied of myself, help me to have wisdom as I preach. Most of all, I pray that your name would be honored, would be glorified. Most of all, I pray that we would get encouraged, that we would get excited, that we would get a renewed zeal, Lord, to gather once again back together. That you remove the fear, that you remove the doubt. Lord, not removing the safety restrictions, not removing the carefulness, but God, may we be dependent and reliant on you. For I ask these things in your precious name. Amen. What's the big deal about getting back together? Hey, you know what? I can watch online church and I can watch whatever pastor I want and I can watch whatever I preacher I want and I can be in the comfort of my own home. Well, let me just say, first of all, that you know what? That's not what the Bible says that we're supposed to do. It doesn't say, hey, stay at home in the comfort of your home and your lazy boy. It says together. It says assembling. But why? I have three words that start with the letter F. The first one is for friends. For friends, you say, well, what are you talking about friends? Well, I was using S and I was trying to alliterate to, so that you would remember. And it's others, but I'm going to call it friends because it starts with the letter F. Amen? Friends, others. Look at verse number 24. It says, preceding the verse about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, verse number 24, it says, and let us consider, what are the next two words? Help me out. One another. So before he goes into, hey, let's get back together, hey, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, he, one verse before he says, hey, let us consider one another. Hey, why is this important to gather together? 
Because you know what? It's not about you. If it was about me, then guess what? Hey, here, here we come, lazy boy. Hey, if this is about comfort, the feet are propped up. Oh, put the massage on, put the heater on, get the little pups on the lap and patting them and having a good time there. But it's not about you. You know what? It's great to get something from church. But let me just say, it's better to give than to receive. And by coming to church, you know what? We can be a blessing to others. And what does it say here? It says, let us consider one another. What are we considering about one another? What are we saying? So that, hey, we can tell them the new gossip and tell them, hey, this is what's been going on this week. Hey, did you hear what so-and-so said? Hey, no, it says consider one another because watch this, to provoke unto love and to good works. You know what our purpose here at church is? To provoke others to love. Hey, to provoke others to good works. And how do we do that? By having a smile on our face and say, hey, you know what? I've been praying for you this week. Hey, it's so good to see you at church. Hey, how, how's, how's the family doing? Hey, how's the Bible reading going? Hey, when we have preaching, when we have teaching, to say, hey, how are we doing? And give us a self-examination of how our lives are going that provokes others to good works, that provokes others to love and to think about not just ourselves. Because you know what? I would dare say that every commercial that comes on and commercials people pay for, their advertisements, but I would dare say those are all for self. And you know, you see that brand new car come across the screen and you think, man, I need one of those, amen? I mean, if you're anything like me, I need that. And you see the next car come across the screen, I need that one too. And then you see this, come on, I need that too. And it's something that you never knew that you needed. But you know what? It's all about self. But let me just say, church is not about you. And again, it's great to get something from the message. It's great when God speaks to our hearts, but you know what? Others are watching. You know, when you're not in your place, you know that discourages others? Do you know that discourages a pastor? Do you know that discourages your friends and your family when they look around and they say, man, such and such isn't here. I wonder how he's doing. And maybe you send him a text or maybe you pray for him, but you know what? When you're here, when you're faithful, you know what encourages one another? Hey, think about others. Jesus came to this earth not to minister to, but to minister and to give his ransom, uh, life as a ransom for many. He didn't come to be ministered unto. His life was all about others. His life was given for others. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. So why come to church? Hey, why assemble together? And again, we talked about church as a called out assembly. And forgive me if I use that synonymous with this building, because that's what I think about when I think about church. I think about the folks that are here. But you know, why come to church? Hey, why assemble? Hey, why get back together? Because of friends. Consider one another. The next time that we're at home and we say, you know what? I don't really feel like going to church today. Consider one another. Hey, consider what it's going to be like to those who have prepared to teach and to preach and have prayed and said, God, use me. Hey, consider what it's going to be like to that ministry that you're a part of. And you say, well, I'm not a part of a ministry. Hey, if you're in this church, you're a part of the ministry. And we cannot do it without the people that are here. And you know what? It's great to be able to preach, but if nobody comes to listen, guess what? Then you're just preaching to yourself all the time. We need you. You are a vital part of the church. Consider one another. You're thinking about, hey, you know what? I'm not going to get up this morning. I'm not going to go. I'm not feeling it. Hey, you know what? Something else is going on. Hey, there's this event taking place. Hey, consider one another. 
Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. Proverbs 13, 20, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Psalm 1, 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You know, there's a song that I came across, and the title of this song is Me. No, it's not. It's Others. It says, others, consider one another. It says, Lord, help me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer shall be for others. Others, Lord, others, let this my motto be, help me to live for others that I may live like thee. You know what? Who's our example? It's Jesus. Consider one another, our friends. And when my work on earth is done and my new work in heaven's begun, may I forget the crown I've won while thinking still of others. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. Help me to live for others that I may live like thee. Hey, why is this assembling important? Well, hey, why get back together? Because of others. How to have true joy. Jesus, others, and then you. You know what, but, but that's contrary to the world's philosophy. They say, hey, it's all about you. And you know what, you need to think about yourself. Before you're going to meet in a crowd, like, wait a second, time out. You're going to go to a church that's indoors, and you're going to be there more than 10 minutes, which I'm not sure where the 10-minute thing came from. I think it was specific toward churches, because I'm pretty sure that I'm in Walmart for more than 10 minutes, and I'm in Lowe's more than 10 minutes, and I'm at any other place of the bar, you know, uh, the, the, not the bar, I was going to say the barber, not the bar, amen. And, uh, amen! And, uh, you know, I'm at the barber for more than 10 minutes. Of course, that's closed, but it's going to reopen. Um, but you know what? I, I, again, I don't know where that 10-minute thing came from. And you're going to go to church where there's a bunch of infected people, and you're going to catch this virus, and you're going to die, and it's all going to be terrible, and it's all because you came to church. But wait a second. Uh, I need to go to the grocery store because I need to sustain my body, but I'm not going to go to church because I don't need my spiritual body sustained. And again, I'm not saying for a second that you can't sit at home and get something from the Word of God, but I'm just saying, hey, to consider others. Hey, when you're thinking about come and consider others, say, hey, why is it important? Hey, first of all, friends. Secondly, fear. Why is it important? Because of fear, Brother Dan. What are you talking about? Here we go, verse number 30. The Bible says, For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. Verse number 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Can you believe this? That it says it's fearful to fall in the hands of God? But wait a second. I thought God was all loving. Wait a second, I thought God loved us so much that he wants everybody to go to heaven and he sent us son to die on the cross to pay for our sins. But you know what? In perfect love, there's discipline. In perfect love, there's chastisement. And you know what? You can learn this lesson no better than raising kids or raising grandkids or watching other people raise their kids. And you know what? Let me just say honestly in myself, there's a lot of things growing up that I did not do for fear of my parents. You say, well, what are you talking about? Because if I would have got in trouble or if I would have done this, if I would have done that, I had a kid in sixth grade. His name was Troy Wages. I still know the kid's name. 
And he, he always would antagonize me, and I'd, maybe I bullied him, I don't know. But he's like, hey, we're going to meet out at the bike rack. And I remember saying something like, yeah, just like you said that the last time or whatever. Well, sure enough, as I'm walking out of school, there he is at the bike rack. And this kid is like half my size. I mean, I could have stepped on him, Brother Andy, and it would have been over. And he punched me in the face. And you know what? I didn't punch him back. And you know what? Why I didn't punch that kid back? Well, first of all, because my older sister came and pushed him down and said, don't hit my brother, first of all. But secondly, when he got up, I, you know why he didn't hit him back? Because I feared what would happen when I got home if my dad found out that I was in fight at school. He said, what would your dad have done? Well, he would have disciplined me appropriately and no child abuse involved. And, you know, he would have been not angry and he would have done it exactly. No, he would have beat me. Amen. <laughs> And you know what? I would have deserved it, and it would have corrected me, and I would have got it right. And uh, I'm not advocating child abuse, amen? But I am advocating that, you know what? When somebody steps out of line, there has to be discipline. When somebody disobeys, there has to be chastisement. And you know what? I believe that in life, we've lost the fear of God. We've lost that, hey, just like I have an earthly father that I'm afraid of, not that he's going to beat me or not that he's going to torture me, but that he's going to discipline me. And you know what? It makes me stay right. But you know what? Jonathan Edwards preached the message, sinners in the hands of an angry God. And because people had a renewed fear of God, they got their lives right. But I think we've lost that fear of God. You say, hey, why is it important to get back together? Why is it important to assemble because of friends, to consider one another. Secondly, because of fear. You say, well, what are you talking about? The Bible says that this is what we're supposed to be doing. It's not a suggestion. This is what God has ordained. This is what Jesus gave his life for. And he says that it's important. He says that we should be doing it. So if we decide, I'm not going to go to church because of whatever reason, that's not an emergency reason, then we are willfully deciding to disobey God. And what does the Bible say about that? Well, let's look. Look at verse number 26. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. And he's talking about the Old Testament, but several verses later we see that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. So he talks about willfully sinning and then says, hey, that's a dangerous spot to be in. You know what, that's not a place that I want to be. So if I decide, you know what, my friends are not worth it. My acquaintances are not worth it. That's not enough for me to motivate me to get up out of the bed. Well, let me just say this. If you don't, if you don't fear God, that's another motivation. Hey, because you know what, if God doesn't chasten you, if God doesn't deal with your heart when we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, then the, what the Bible mentions is saying maybe you're none of His. Hey, when is the last time that God spoke to your heart about something that you did wrong and convicted you of sin. Because let me say this, if he's not, then we need to check and say, hey, God, where are you? Hey, God, I need you. Fear should bring us back to church. And I'm not talking about hiding in fear of others as the, the disciples assembled out of fear of the Jews. I'm not talking about hiding in a fear of a pandemic or a pandemic makes you bring back uh, people together. But I'm talking about, but a fear of God. You know what? I want to fear God more than I fear a virus. And by the way, who's in control? God is in control. And you know what? And I don't say this flippantly because people have died from this virus. It is real. But I will say this. I, I don't think that this is 
an overblown statement to say that there are some misused facts being presented right now. And I'll just leave it at that. And I'm not a scientist, but you know what? I can look at some reports and I've got a little bit of intelligence to be able to figure out that there's something else going on here besides just what's taking place. And again, I'll just leave it at that and just say, hey, why get back? Why is it important to get back together? Hey, why is it important? What's the big deal about assembling? Hey, consider one another. Hey, because of fear, fear for God, fear for what will happen if I disobey God. The Bible says in verse number 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. You know what? Let's just, be, let's just hold fast during this time. Let's not sin willfully. But you know what? Let's, let's think about God. Let's think about his fear. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12 says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as the Father, the Son, in whom he delighteth. You know what? It's a mandate not forsaking. Why get back? Why assemble? Hey, why is this so important? Let's not miss it because of friends. Hey, consider one another. Who can you be an encouragement to? Who can you provoke to love? Who can you provoke to do good works? And exhorting one another. Who can you encourage here at church? Again, it's not about you. We've had people come and say, you know what, I'm not coming back to that church because you guys are not friendly. And you know what? I, I, I could easily be, be upset and say whatever else, but my bottom line is, well, you know what? It's not about you. It's about what you can do for others. That's what the church is. It's not about just receive, 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 and I'm not leaving that church because I'm not being fed anymore. You missed it. Your goal is to be a help to others. That's what the church is about. And lastly, number three is faith. Say, hey, why is it important to get back together? Why is it important to assemble? Friends, fear, lastly, faith. You say, what are you talking about faith? Look at verse number 30. Uh, I'm sorry, verse number 38. The Bible says, now the just shall live by, what's the next word? Faith. And you say, well, what is faith? Well, Hebrews 11:1, 1, the next chapter is considered the faith chapter, if you will. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we can talk about a living faith and how each and every day we're supposed to live by faith and trust God uh, to keep his word and everything else. But I'm going to use faith in a little bit different context here uh, this uh, evening. Uh, faith. Have you ever heard this statement? That person is a man of faith. What does that statement mean? Hey, that person, he's, he's a person of faith. That's often used by somebody who's not a person of faith to characterize or describe somebody who has faith. And faith there basically in that context is saying complete trust or confidence in someone or something. A strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. That's what faith is. So hey, why is it important to get back together? What's the big deal about it? Because you know what? I'm a person of faith. And you say, well, what is that faith? I believe God. Hey, I believe God. 
I believe what God did. I believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I believe that God is real. I believe that he sent his son to die on the cross. I believe that one day he's coming back for me. And you know what? If I believe that, then I have to believe that church is important, that assembling is important, that getting back together is important, that, hey, this life is not about me, but this life is about others. This life is about heaven. This life is about hell. And everybody that dies is going to go to one or the other. And if I believe all of that, then you know what? I'll believe that getting back is important. Then I'll believe that, hey, gathering together has a, has a value that's attached to it. You know, they keep talking about this new normal. And we're going to have a new normal. And some of those folks, I fear that new normal is just going to be sitting at home, scrolling through services, trying to find something that tickles their ears, as the Bible says in the end times. And again, I'm not talking about folks that that probably shouldn't be here even right now. I'm talking about the folks that should be here. I'm talking about their families that need to be under the preaching. You know what? There's nothing like being here and to see somebody's face. You know, they've had a lot of things that have taken place during this pandemic. And to, to, to show you the importance, if it's not important to gather together, if you could just say, hey, I could do the same thing in my house. If it's not important to assemble together, then why is it that when we have a birthday party during these times, why is it when we have a graduation during these times, why is it when we have other events that during these times that they find it so important and so moving to have a little parade or to have a little drive around town and then to have a drive-in service because you know what, there's something about assembling. Hey, there's something about getting together and seeing somebody's face. Hey, it means a little bit more. Hey, you know what? It's a good thing to, to, to you know, send somebody a text, but you know what? It means a little bit more when they see you face to face and say, hey, Brother George, I love you, brother. You know what? That means a little bit more than just a social media post where you post and do the little heart icon. I heart you, you know? And maybe that means something, but again... There's something about you seeing other people and encouraging one another people and seeing somebody smile and seeing that somebody's still alive and their Facebook hasn't been hacked because they've added you as a friend with their third account, amen? <laughs> faith, a man of faith, why is it important? Hey, is your faith real to you? Is God real? Then you know what? Let's get serious about his commands. Hey, let's get serious about what he has instructed us to do. The Bible says, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? You know what? If we have faith, then you know what follows that? Being faithful. Being full of faith. Verse number 23, the Bible says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Why is that? For he is faithful. Hey, why can I be faithful? Because he's already showed us how to do it. He's been faithful to me. Amen. That, hey, when I fail and when I falter, hey, God is still faithful. And you know what? We all fail. We all falter along the way. But you know what? I still want to have faith. Brother Charles was talking to me before, and we were talking about the service and whatever else, and he made this statement. And he said, you know what? Some people are not going to come back. Some people are not going to assemble and get back together until they see that everything is going to be okay. And you know what seeing is? It's a lack of faith. And again, I'm not, we're not here all congregated together, coughing on each other, wiping each other's noses. I mean, 
I think we want to be the opposite. I think we want to be safe. And we don't want anybody to catch this thing because it is real. But at the same time, God is in control. You know what? I'm going to have faith and say, you know what, God, I believe. And you know what? I don't want to say this flippantly because it's not. But you know what? If God chooses to take me to heaven, then you know what? I'm going to be better off anyway. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to jump out of an airplane without a, without a parachute and say, God, save me. You know, that's not what I'm doing. I try and exercise good judgment because of various circumstances. However, let me just say this. Hey, why is it important? I hope I answered the question for you biblically. Not just my point of view, not just my purview, not just what I believe, which it is what I believe, but why? Hey, because of friends. Consider one another. Hey, because of fear, fear of a living God, and because of faith. Hey, is it real to you? What's the big deal about getting back together? What's the big deal about assembling? Because of friends, because of fear, because of faith. You know, I don't know what reason that you'll take or what reason you'll say, hey, I'm going to cling to that. But I hope you find something to cling to to say, hey, this is real. Hey, you know what? Because of others. And this can be our motivation. And then we can, during the hard times, during the bad times, we can say, hey, you know what? This will keep me going because of friends, because of fear, because of faith. Let me just say this. It is important. It's in God's word. It's important. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.